If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's the final rewatch. The final rewatch. Final rewatch. Oh, it's the final rewatch before the new season. It's the final rewatch. I'm watching them all. The final rewatch. Greetings, stranger friends, and welcome back to the beginning of the end of the Fanu Rewatch. Goodness gracious, it seems like only yesterday I was watching Stranger Things 2. Wait. Oh yeah, it was yesterday. Oh, classic me. And as we turn the page to another day... Turn the page to another episode. Turn the page to another season. Stranger Things 3, Chapter 1. Susie, do you copy? Premiering on July 4th, 2019. I remember seeing the announcement and saying to myself, you know what? I need to restart the podcast. I need to do it. I did the first two seasons and it had been a while. And I remember seeing that announcement and I made like a special announcement episode saying we're coming back because I used to put this on this feed and then I put it on another feed as well. And I said, no, no, no. Stranger Danger is its own thing and it should only live on its own feed. And it's been here ever since. Even though I took much too long of a hiatus to finish the third season, I um, am very happy I did, and I feel very lucky to be able to do this for you guys. And it turns out it worked out because uh, we still had a couple years to go before we got uh, to where we're going to be one week from tomorrow. But we're not there yet. We still have a, a little over a week, and we still have a whole third season to rewatch. This one opens up June 28th, 1984, about a month 
and a week shy of old Mikey's eighth birthday. I remember 1984 as the year of Gremlins, Ghostbusters, Splash, going to the movies to see all those. Um, yeah, 1984. If there's like articles about how good of a year uh, of, of movies 1984 is. If you like, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, if you like old movies, uh, 1984 is a killer year. So the season kicks off. In the lab. We're like, wait, didn't they close the lab? What is, what's going on here? Wait a second. This isn't the lab we're used to. This is a Russian lab. Oh. We see two guys in lab coats come into this like control room, very reminiscent of what we saw in um, the Hawkins Laboratory, but very different also. So... They're, these two guys have lab coats and they have two keys. It's that classic thing where these two men must turn these keys at the exact same moment in order to turn something on. And they do turn something on. They fire up this sort of, I guess the best word to describe it is ginormous laser. And, um, oh, jeez. Look what they're trying to do. They're trying to open up a rift, open up a gate and it does open a bit we get some some tentacles come out little squirmy things come out and um kind of wiggle their way out but um all of a sudden the the laser 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 drill i don't know what you want to call it it kind of overloaded and everything started shaking and then the laser powers down the gate closes just as quick as it opened it closes then the laser has this crazy blast of energy and everyone in the room is like vaporized into this gelatinous goo. I, I remember last when, we, when I did these episodes the first time saying goo a lot. And I feel like it's going to come up a lot in the rewatch. So um, I don't know if that's goo or bad. <laughs> Ooh, another classic. Uh, so this guy's like a general or something. He goes down, he goes right up to the gate, and um, like he puts his hand on it, and it's like, ooh, it's like, ooh. And the guy, the one of the doctor or scientist-looking dudes is like, we are close. You can see our progress. And then he takes the Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, like Russian soldier-looking dude, um, chokes this guy out, kills him. He goes to the other guy, the younger guy, who we don't know yet, but we will. Uh, he says, you have one year. So apparently he's in charge now as this guy leaves the lab and you realize we're not anywhere near Hawkins. We're in Soviet Russia. But that was one year ago. Now we flash forward to quote unquote present time in Stranger Things timeline 1985. The year Marty McFly went back to the past. The year he first got in the, the DeLorean time machine. Um, and remember, Back to the Future does come up later in the season. Even in this episode, we I do see a Back to the Future poster. But that's at the movies, at the mall. We're not there yet. We're in Eleven's room, where Eleven and Mike are in smoochy smoochy town. Um, Mike, But Mike, at the same time, can't stop singing 
Corey Hart's Never Surrender, and which Eleven didn't seem to like very much. He's like, do you, do you love it? He's like, no. Right? Didn't she say that? Hopper's outside um, doing two of my favorite things, watching TV and eating chips and salsa. If I could podcast about chips and salsa while eating chips and salsa and somehow make that like something I could do full time for a living. I mean, that's what heaven's like, except the fact that then if I was podcasting about chips and salsa, I wouldn't be podcasting about stranger things to you guys. So, you know, there's there's always a, a, a cloud inside every silver lining. So he leans back in the chair and he notices there and you know and he's like hey hey three inch door they slam the door and you could see hopper was really really not happy about this we cut over to the mall again as a kid the mall was the coolest place to go i didn't have a two-story mall in my in my area until i was in high school so this is the but, 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 but the 90s, okay? It was the 90s, all right? I, you know, I'm not hiding how advanced my age is. I'm just saying it was the 1990s. And the, the idea of this giant indoor shopping area that you could hang out. It's air-conditioned, so it's nice and cool. It's got everything you could possibly need. And um, all the and entertainment um, food, friends, everything all together where you would hang out. It was the place to be. Um, a tradition I had every year. Now, this isn't in the summer, but for the longest time, and I mean with my girlfriend, later fiance, I don't know if we did it once we were married. We might have. The big thing would be, and this, and I was doing it in high school too, as soon as I got my license, the day after Christmas, I loved going to the mall and spending all my Christmas money, <laughs> spending all my gift certificates and just buying something. Uh, that was like a tradition uh, of going to the mall. And it was packed, packed like the, uh, the Star Court is. Um, we see Lucas, Max, and Will. They're going to a movie. And um, I think they're wait. I don't know if we see them waiting on Mike yet. They might be waiting for Mike. Uh, but they, he sees Lucas... Uh, he sees Erica. Lucas sees Erica outside, and she's he's like, didn't she say something like, um, isn't it, you know, shouldn't you be sleeping? It's like, shouldn't you be dead or something like that? Like, she says something ridiculous. This season is her season to shine. This is like Erica's launching pad. Um, which, you know, what's crazy is she's the youngest of all these kids, so when... I saw her at the red carpet. She was the one that like, wait, that's Erica? She's the one who aged the most. She's like a teenager now. It's crazy how like these kids are just getting old and, and, and growing up before our eyes. Um, so they go to Scoops Ahoy. Uh, the, um, we see Steve there, and we don't quite know what he's doing yet, but he's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. But he's still friends with them. He lets them... In oh wait I'm sorry Mike shows up D- did I I jumped ahead Mike leaves eleven I skipped a part I didn't write it down what's up with me um, Mike ends up you know leaving eleven for the night he had to go home 
And, uh, oh, they, they showed him on the bike, like, I miss you already. I miss you, too. He rides straight to the mall. That's where he meets Max, Lucas, and Will. Um, and they go, they cut through the back of the mall. There's all these halls behind the mall. My friend used to walk, work mall security, and I, could, I would go back there sometimes uh, at night when the mall was closed. It was kind of scary. And they went to go see the classic George Romero zombie movie, Day of the Dead. Um, and the movie goes out. The movie goes out. In fact, the entire mall loses power. In fact, the entire town of Hawkins loses power. Um, across town, there's this old factory that we kind of focus on, and we see this dirt just kind of spinning. That's my um, special effect of the dirt. And this, all of a sudden, the, it rises up, and it's like, uh-oh. Is that the shadow monster again or some physical embodiment of, of our shadow monster? And then, boom, the power comes back on. But when it comes back, Will has that feeling, that feeling that is unmistakable to him, that just reminds him of everything he's gone through, of the upside down, and just of that uneasiness. The goosebumps. He has that. Um, and Mike's like, hey, uh, are you okay? He's like, yeah, yeah. Are you sure? I love that. I love how Mike is always looking out for Will. And he's not being this, like, typical, stereotypical boy who's just like, what's wrong? You know, you know, walk it off. One of those things, you know, where he's not, he's not ignoring it. And he's not, um, like downplaying anything. He's like, you sure you're okay? I really like that. I also liked, and now there's no way this was just a, this is just a coincidence that in the movie, uh, the woman who was like in the, I never saw Day of the Dead, uh, but the woman who was in the, that cell, that padded room with the calendar, the calendar had a pumpkin patch on it. Oh, we've seen a pumpkin patch before in Stranger Things, haven't we? Shit. We wake up the next morning, and that's what Nancy says, because she overslept over Jonathan's. She's staying at the buyer's house. Uh, she slips out the back. Uh, in, in the house, we see them having breakfast, and the magnets fell off the fridge. That's weird. Well, I wonder why that happened. Um, and that's when we see Joyce look at the Bob Newby picture, I believe. Um, you can see my notes were very sporadic at that moment. Jonathan and Nancy, meanwhile, are racing someplace together. Drive faster, drive faster. Nancy's like, you got to drive faster. They, they like you. You can be late. I can't be late. Meanwhile, they drive right by Dustin and his mom. He's coming home from camp. Is it science camp, right? There's a whole comic book about what he did in science camp and Susie. And... Um, I did a whole book club on it. If you want to check that out in the archives of this podcast, it's there available for free to listen to. Um, but he keeps saying gold leader, gold leader, which is a straight um, reference to, to star Wars, but nobody's answering. They should be answering. And his mother's like, maybe they just forgot, but of course they didn't forget. And she knew this. They were all in his house. He sees his turtle. He's like, at least you didn't forget me. And then all his toys come to life. I call this the great toy prank. All his toys come to life. He's a little freaked out. 
he uses his Farrah Fawcett spray as some sort of mace-like um, defense weapon. And he follows all these um, toys out of the room. And we see that Max, Lucas, Will, Mike, and Eleven are all there. You see Eleven's nose is bleeding a little bit. And um, he says, now, and then everything stops. Um, I got distracted because I'm thinking like, you know, Eleven's nose bleeding all the time. They don't ever say, don't do that so much. It might not be good for you. You know, they she uses her powers as much as she possibly can, even for fun pranks. So they he the, all the toys stop. Dustin looks down like what, and then they all get behind him and like, they they all these you know noisemakers, and he turns around and just freaks out and without even thinking sprays, right in Lucas's eyes. He freaks out. It's hilarious. It's a great kind of reunion moment for all of them. We jump over. To the Hawkins pool. I'm assuming the Hawkins town pool. um, Where we see Mrs. Wheeler. Hanging out in a bathing suit. With a bunch of ladies. Who are really excited. For some reason. Um, The young female lifeguard. Her shift is ending. And the women are like. "She's, She's getting down. She's getting down. And they all kind of like. Make compose themselves. Fix their hair. Check their makeup. Make sure their bathing suit is. Positioned properly. Um, because out of the pool clubhouse comes a young, strapping male lifeguard by the name of William Hargrove. Oh, Billy, Billy, Billy. We see him this time. We don't see him as a full jerk. We kind of see him just as a as a bit of a troublemaker. Um, he sees, first of all, Mrs. Wheeler's blonde this season. I don't think she was blonde last season, though I, I, I don't remember. Uh, and she was drinking new Coke. Yeah, that was a thing. If you ever, and I'm sure, I'm sure I said this the last time I did this episode. If you ever wondered, oh, actually, I don't even know if they call it that anymore. But for years... There was, Coke was called Coca-Cola Classic. The reason it was called Coca-Cola Classic is because of new Coke. They tried changing the formula. The world revolted and rejected it. And they said, no, 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 we're going back to Coca-Cola Classic. Now there's like 75 flavors of Coca-Cola. But anyway, um, he's like, looking good, Mrs. Wheeler. And didn't she say you too, Billy, or something? I don't know. But um, they're like everybody's looking at him. And then out of the blue, this this might have been before or after, out of the blue, he blows his whistle and yells, hey, lard ass, no, no running at the pool. That was funny. Oh, he, then he says, afternoon, ladies, afternoon, Billy. They all do. Oh, and he says, like the new suit, Mrs. Wheeler. That is um, that was funny. They're all kind of like, oh, my goodness, this young hunk, which I'm. Maybe he's 18 now. Otherwise, ladies, um, I think you need to go downtown and confess something to Jim Hopper. Speaking of downtown, we go to the downtown uh, Hawkins. It's like a ghost town, uh, including Melville's. 
and we see a sign like, you know, save our towns, just say no to the mall. The mall is sucking up all the the small town uh, businesses where, you know, at a certain point, the online shopping marketplace really hurt the brick and mortar physical stores. The mall kind of hurt the freestanding downtown store that you'd see like like with Melvelts. Um, but I didn't really notice that as a kid, probably because I was a kid and the mall was the cool place to go hang out and play video games, eat pizza, walk around, try to look cool. I'd wear jeans and a work boot and like a black heavy metal shirt. And I didn't have an earring, but my dad bought me a mirror, like a, a, not a mirror, a magnet earring that I wore around the mall a couple of times. Like, yep, yep, I, I got my ear pierced when I go back to school. And I remember we played a trick on my mom. I probably told this whole story a million times before on the show. It's been so long. Look, I got Mike's ear pierced. And she was like, what? And I took it off quickly. Mother, mother, it's only a magnet. Um, but anyway, <laughs> anywho, um, Hopper shows up at Melvale's. Oh, she's putting up a big sign, like 50, 70 percent off. The store is kind of not doing well. And Hopper comes in. He's like, am I disturbing you? And she's like, you're the only customer here. Um, so he comes in. He's asking for advice about Eleven. He's, um, you know, he calls Mike a smug son of a bitch. And he is Mike is kind of a little prick to him in this episode. Uh, he's like, I need to break them up. Um and she's like, you need to talk to them, not yell at them, not, you know, not order them around. Um, you have to have a heart to heart with them. You need to set boundaries, but you have to stay calm. He's like, could could you do it for me? No, you could do it yourself. But you know what? She takes out a pen and paper. She's like, let me let me help you. Outside of, of Melville's right down the street is the Hawkins Post. We see Nancy walking by, going into the Hawkins Post. And it's like it's like an old boys club. Um, just a bunch of, of older white men sitting around a table, yucking it up. She's delivering, uh, the, the mail, the, the lunch. And they're talking about, we need a story. We need a story. And she speaks up and says, what about the, um, story in the star court? And like, Oh, like the death of small town USA. She's like, yeah, yeah. They basically blow her off. He's like, how about the story of the missing mustard on my sandwich? Um, that's Jake Busey, Gary Busey's son. Don't worry. We know what happens with him. Back at um, Dustin's house, we see Max is helping Lucas clean out his eyes while Dustin is showing Mike, Will, and Eleven his inventions from camp. There's a, there was a, um, a windmill, like something, a sustainable windmill. There was a hammer that, that, that self-hammered. But the coolest thing was his Cerebro. Uh, now, if you don't know, Cerebro is if you've ever seen the X-Men movies, Cerebro was this technology that Professor X would use. He'd put, like, it would enhance his power. So it would he'd put it on his head, and he could kind of locate, um, locate, which isn't kind of like, they said the same thing about Eleven last year, her Cerebro power, right? He could locate, I thought they did, or was that the first season? I forget, but I, I remember it being said before. Um Cerebro could use him to locate mutants all over the world. So it's kind of his way of saying, I can locate Susie. He's like, you know, I can talk to my girlfriend, whatever. They're like, girlfriend? It's like Susie with the C. She's, you know, she's, um, she's like, think Phoebe Cates, but hotter. 
Phoebe Cates, again, from Gremlins in 1984, and uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. A very, very pretty young actress, um, and obviously all those kids would have a crush on her. Uh, and they go by, and um, they they walk by Lucas and Max. Like, Where are you going? We're going to set up um, his radio to call Dustin's girlfriend. They say it too. Girlfriend? Uh, they all go for a walk. We cut over to Scoops, Scoops Ahoy. We see Steve trying to talk to girls and just striking out. And um, his new friend, his co-worker, Robin, is laughing at him um, that he keeps striking out. She keeps a board, a scoreboard. And he's like, she's like, why don't you try like telling him the truth? It's like, what, that I couldn't get into tech? That, that I make three bucks an hour? That my dad's trying to you know, make me work here teaching me a lesson? Uh, but then he has this funny moment, this moment where he just takes the hat off. He's like, hey, ladies. He kind of doesn't care anymore. Uh, Steve Harrington, yes. Uh, but it doesn't seem to work with these girls, too. Uh, we cut over to um, back to Hopper and Joyce, and he's rehearsing, practicing what basically what Joyce wrote for him. Uh, he's like, maybe I should just kill Mike. You know, I'm the chief of police. I can cover it up. Um, but then... You know, they, he realizes he has to do it. And Hopper tries to ask him out for dinner and um, asked out Joyce for dinner. She's like, I have plans. And you see the way he looks at her. She has to go there. A customer comes. And he just has this look that's like some of the greatest acting to me is done, not even by saying things, but just the way you can read the emotion in their eyes. And the way um, David Harbour or Jim Hopper looks at her, I'm like, damn it, I know Bob Newby, I understand. I love Bob. Everybody loves Bob. But damn it, Jim and Joyce belong together. So the kids um, head up to uh, this giant hill because they want to get the best signal. They're like, why don't you just use a phone? He's like, well, she's Mormon and her parents wouldn't approve. So uh, so it's a bit Shakespearean. And then Mike and Eleven are like, we got to go. We got to get her back. Like curfew. I'm sorry, four o'clock. And I think Will said it's been like this all summer. They, they blew him off. Uh, Max says um, it's, oh no, Lucas says it's been like this all summer. Max says it's romantic. Will says it's gross. And Dustin says it's bullshit. He's like, I just got home. Well, their loss. Um, and then at that moment, Will has another chill on the back of his neck. It's like, oh. And we see a few rats running by. And then we follow some of the rat, those rats. We see a ton of rats flocking back to that abandoned warehouse. The abandoned warehouses we saw first when we saw the, the smoke, dust, some kind of shadow thing, monster, some kind of something in the basement when the power went out. Uh, and now these rats are in this abandoned warehouse. They all run downstairs. It's like they're brought there. To die, they're suffering. They're like blah, 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 blah. they're popping into into bloody goo. There's goo again. Ding, ding, ding. We cut back to the pool, and Billy is really ogling, ogling. I wrote down ogling, ogling. I don't know what the word is. He's really looking at her in a creepy way. Uh, Mrs. Wheeler, as she's doing laps, and I'm telling you, she's also doing laps. I think she's because she wants to swim by Billy. She gets out of the pool. He's like, looking good out there. Perfect form. She's like, your, your form is amazing. I, I, I've, seen, I've seen you teaching. He's like, yeah, I know all the styles. I could, uh, I could teach you. I don't think you uh, taught adults. 
It's like, well, it's a select clientele. He goes, I know all the strokes, the backstroke, the stroke, the breaststroke. There's a nice pool uh, out on Motel 6, very quiet, very, very private. Um, I can't, I, I just don't think I need private lessons. Oh, I just don't think you've had the right teacher. It would be the workout of your life. And she eats it up. She loves getting the attention, um, which I feel bad. Ted Wheeler is a drip, but he's a loyal drip. Now, she's like, I'm not getting this attention from Ted at home, but gosh. I mean, remember what Nancy said? They married. She was young. He was. He had a good job. She doesn't even know if they like each other, love each other. But um, just the the fact that Ted got Karen. I mean, my goodness. He, he, he should be the coolest guy in all of Hawkins. Um, anyway, we're back at the hill. They finally made it to the top. They said it took them hours to get there. Um, and Will is like, how come we couldn't just play D&D? Which you're going you're gonna to see as a recurring theme for Will through this season. Um, Lucas, meanwhile, is thirsty. He drinks almost all the water. And Max is like, you drink everything? He spits some back up in the canteen. It was very funny. So they set up the giant antenna. He starts calling um, Luke, Zo- Susie, this is Dustin. Do you copy? Oh, she maybe she's at, uh, maybe she's busy. It's dinner, uh, our time here. Uh, she never, he, he doesn't get through it. There's nothing. Um, back at home, uh, Joyce gets there. Nobody else is there. She eats dinner alone and she puts on Cheers. But all that does is make her think about Bob. Bob and her watching Cheers, loving it, seeing Sam and Diane. Will they get back together? Won't they get back together? And it just it just makes her feel bad. And you realize she didn't have plans. She didn't, you know, she's eating dinner alone. She just, she's not ready to do anything like that. She's not ready to go out for dinner. Um, as we back out of the room, we see all the magnets. This time, drop off her fridge. Drawings drop off. Every maggot falling off the fridge. That's the second time we've seen that. Something's up. We cut back to the Hawkins Post, and Nancy's just cleaning stuff up. She seems to be like an intern, gopher, do whatever they ask. Uh, And the phone rings, but no one is there to answer it. So Nancy goes over, answers it, and starts taking notes. And it's someone, is it Mrs. Driscoll? Doris Driscoll, if I remember correctly. Um calling something about diseased rats. So I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I do know because this is a rewatch, but come on, I'm trying to trying to build some suspense up. We cut to the cabin and Mike and Eleven are still uh, down in Smoochie Town. Hopper's right outside rehearsing what he wants to say to them. And um, he's like, can I talk to you guys for a minute? And now they're just sitting there looking at him because um, they... They're like awkwardly like, what's up? And this is where, probably where I dislike Mike the most. He, he's just kind of a little prick here. He sits down, tries to talk to them. And I wrote down, Mike's kind of a dick here. Uh, Hop, you know, Hopper is trying to say stuff and they're whispering. And they're, yes, they're being punk kids, but they're being punks. And I did not like it. They were being very disrespectful. Um, and Hopper calls him out later. But he's like, yeah, um, actually, you know what? I didn't want to talk to you. Your mom called. 
oh yeah, so, is something wrong? Yeah, there is something wrong. I don't know, something with your grandma. So he takes him out to the car to bring him home. And he's like, what's wrong with my grandma? He's like, nothing, nothing's wrong with the grandma, okay? I just don't want you in there with her anymore. He's like, what? He's like, what? He, he, I think he yelled at him, said things to him. And he's like, you're crazy. He's like, yeah, I'm crazy. Try to disrespect me again. He goes, I'm going to talk to you and you're going to listen. And then maybe I'll allow you to date my daughter. Um, and I think he's finally going to get through to Mike or at least scare Mike because Mike needs a good scaring. Um, as nice as Mike is to a friend, to a grown up or at least to Hopper, a little too, little too nonchalant. Just a little too jokey and, and just downright rude, really. So there is still no Susie at the um, at the hill. And it gets to the point where Lucas and Max, they they have to leave. Um, first, that Max is like, come on, no girl is that perfect. You say she's like this. Where is she? No girl's that perfect. And Max is like, huh? Oh, oh, well, you are. And she didn't. She didn't really care. She knew she was laughing at him. Uh, so. Will leaves too. It's getting kind of dark. But he says again, maybe tomorrow we can play D and D like we used to. You know, and again, there's a theme already. And Dustin is just left alone. They don't even help him break break down this giant signal, this giant antenna. They leave him in the dark to do it himself. Suddenly, there's a signal, and they're speaking in Russian. It's translated to, "The week is long. The silver cat feeds when blue meets yellow in the west." A trip to China sounds nice, if you tread lightly. We see some Russians in a lab saying this over and over. We see our young doctor again, um, this or scientist, and he's looking at some something glow, glowing blue. We don't see what it is. We just see the reflection in his face. And the guy next to him said, like, beautiful, isn't it? Or brilliant, isn't it? And you could just see on his face, he was just like, oh, my goodness, what have we done? So, uh, the episode's almost done here. Our night kind of ends with Mrs. Byers um, getting all ready to go out. You know who she's going out to see. She takes her wedding rings off, leaves them on a table, her wedding ring, her engagement ring. She goes downstairs, and she sees her young daughter. Is it Holly? Um, She sees her and the daughter sleeping on Ted. And you know what? Say what you want about Ted, but he is a, you know, he's there with his daughter and she should feel guilty. I hope she is feeling guilty. We don't know what she does at this point. We don't know if she stays home because we cut over to Billy driving along. He's thinking about Karen. He's like, can I call you Karen? This, that. Uh, but then something um, hits him and he has to careen out of control. Is in his? I wrote down careen. Is that a word? Careen out of control? I think it is. Uh, and he... You know, hits up against something. Um, he's right by that warehouse. And he's like, son of a bitch. You know, his car, is it's not total, but it's smashed up pretty good. Um, and then he gets out and he looks at the hood and the, the windshield. There's like some slime on it. It's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> something goes by. He's like, who's there? Who's there? All of a sudden, this long arm, this tentacle thing grabs him and pulls him. Pulls him. Ah! back into the warehouse he's holding on for dear life by these steps holding on fighting it trying trying and and he ultimately he can't he gets sucked down into the downstairs into the basement area the last thing we hear 
is his scream. Uh-oh. I don't think Billy's doing so good. And that's the end of Susie. Do you copy? We are here. We are officially in Stranger Things 3. The beginning of the end of the rewatch is finally here. And I can't wait. I can't wait to, to watch some more this weekend. To, um, to just realize that tomorrow is one effing week away. I mean, it's, it is, we've been waiting, waiting, waiting so long. And I love the fact that they're only giving us a little taste. They're only giving us half of it. And then we're getting a month later, the rest of it. I love that they're doing that. It's giving us time to breathe. It's giving us time to enjoy it, to appreciate it, to rewatch it. And not just be like, oh, and it's over. No, we get a little bit longer to enjoy it. But we still have a week till we get there, my friends. We still have a lot to do. So, listen. I want to thank you guys for listening. Listen, I want to thank you guys for listening. That's really well-spoken, Mike. Uh, I want to thank you guys for following, for subscribing, for leaving iTunes reviews, for leaving voicemails. I appreciate it so much for for. For clicking, clicking that star on, on Spotify, I love it. Thank you so much. If you haven't done it yet on Spotify, please click the star. Give us, a, a, give us whatever rating you think we're worth. Five stars. Do five stars. Um, and if you're on iTunes, please uh, throw us a rating or a review or both. It, um, it really helps. I, I, I really, really, really mean it. Now, you can also follow me on the social media. On Twitter and on Instagram, I'm at Geek Mentality. The show has its own Twitter account, at StrangerDPod. I'm tweeting there every day as we gear up for the final week before Stranger Things 4. We also have a Facebook page. We don't use it all that much. It's, it's part of the website. It's Fans Not Experts on Facebook. And everything we do, every episode, can be found at fansnotexperts.com slash strangerdanger. We're here, folks. We did it. Now, we'll be back tomorrow. But until then, stay stranger, my friends, and beware exploding rats. They're disgusting. Experts. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.